week, which means another edition of the Andrew Steele podcast. Thank you for joining us. It's going to be very football-centric this week. It's a big week in the NFL. Lots going on, and, you know, are we really surprised it's all revolved around the uh, the QB precision? You know, Lamar Jackson got tagged. Daniel Jones signed what I thought was a overpriced and, and, and panic deal with the Giants. You know, there's Aaron Rodgers meeting with the Jets. Free agency's coming up. We've got all the stuff from the Combine and with the draft on the horizon. So I thought it was the perfect opportunity to bring friend of the show, Matt Verderam, back on. And since we last spoke to him, he's got a new job. He's now the NFL staff writer for Sports Illustrated, which is really cool. So Matt jumped on and uh, we we didn't have him for long, but he, he crunched through what's going on with, with Lamar Jackson, why a load of teams came out within hours on Tuesday and distance themselves from him. We touched on Rogers and the Jets and why that deal has got a lot of upside, but also a lot of potential to go wrong. Uh, we touched on Daniel, Daniel Jones's deal with the Giants, and we kind of did you know a brief kind of look at free agency and and a few other things. So it's a short podcast this week. I'm hoping to have one more podcast um, later on in the week. I'm just trying to nail down a guest for that. But yeah, in the meantime visit blogsofsteel.substack.com we've got loads of exciting things going on there uh, and then we've also got a New York Rangers newsletter over at the rangersbreakdown.com so that's rolling now we're, we're getting out daily content on that which is really exciting so yeah so without further ado I'm going to pass you on to Matt Verderam and we're going to talk some football to be joined again by friend of the show Matt Verderham and Matt before we jump in congratulations um on the new gig at Sports Illustrated really pumped for you thanks appreciate it no I don't know how hard you've worked and, and kind of where you come from so no uh, delight you've got that opportunity um and obviously it's a chance for you to talk plenty of football it's a big week in the NFL lots have happened over the last couple of days and you know shock horror most of it revolves around the the QB position. So let, let's dive straight in um, with the man of the hour, Lamar Jackson. For, for those listening, just kind of explain the situation between the the, the exclusive and non-exclusive tag and, and kind of dive into that whole situation, what it means for the Ravens and what it means for Lamar Jackson. Yeah, so the difference between non-exclusive and exclusive is essentially... For quarterbacks this year, non-exclusive tag is $32.4 million. That goes against, in this case, Baltimore's cap, even if Jackson doesn't sign the tag. So once it's placed on him, it's placed on him, there's a cap hold, that's it. So it's $32.4 million. Now, Jackson can negotiate with any other team in the league. And if he gets a contract offer he likes, he can sign an offer sheet, Baltimore then has a week to match. If Baltimore matches, they sign that exact contract with Lamar. Terms for year to year, everything, it's all the same. If they don't match it, Jackson then takes that offer and goes to the team that offered it to him, and the Ravens get two first-round picks. The other way the Ravens could have gone 
was they could have given him what's called the exclusive tag, which would have been $45 million, but Lamar couldn't have negotiated with anybody else. The Ravens went with option A. They gave him the non-exclusive, 32.4, and said, if you can get the offer that you're looking for, go for it. Go find it. And at that point, we'll determine whether or not we want to match it or not. It's a risk because if he gets the offer he wants, two first-round picks for a Lamar Jackson is not a great return. But um, the Ravens are betting that he's not going to get that or they're willing to match about anything. Um, and so far, from the early conversations, it seems like their bet might be the winning one because a lot of teams have already made it known through leaks that they're not going to negotiate with Jackson. Yeah, you, what you mentioned there, Jackson seems to be an, an enigma wrapped in a mystery, which is strange given what we know he can do. And, you know, a lot of teams have kind of come out and, and distanced themselves indirectly. Right. Is, that, is that mainly because the, the league and the owners are kind of so against the guaranteed money? Is it, is it the injuries or is it kind of a mixture of a, of, of a multitude of things? What is it in your eyes that... Because he he's a generational talent, so it seems strange that so many teams that are in need of a franchise quarterback are so quick to distance themselves from from him. It is, but I think it's a few things. One, it is the injuries. He's been hurt each of the last two years. That matters. Yeah. And the lower body injuries, that also matters. Number two, um, for all of his talent, and he is supremely talented, and I think everybody loves his character. I don't think that's in any question. He has won one playoff game. And he's never thrown for 4,000 yards. Uh, I, I think there is some question of, is in a game that is increasingly becoming about the passing game and chunk yardage, can he be a driver of that if his legs start to slow down at all? And if you're giving him a five or a six-year fully guaranteed contract, um, you're risking that into his 30s. And the odds are he's not going to be a guy who's rushing for 1,000-plus yards every year when he's 31 years old. So I think that's a little bit of it. And then I do think look, two things are true at the same time. One thing that's true is NFL owners are ruthless and they will do whatever they can to win. Yeah. If, if, if Jackson was a player, and, and I frankly, for the record, believe he is this type of player. If he was a player to say, we get this guy, we can go to the Super Bowl. I don't think owners would care what other owners wanted. Guys want to win. Like that to me will always be the truth. However, at the same point, this is also true. Owners in the NFL were furious when Jimmy Haslam signed Deshaun Watson to that fully guaranteed contract. And while I don't think that every owner in the league is going to collude and say, hey, we're not going to sign Lamar Jackson to steal, I do think that there is not much of an appetite to pay a guy anybody fully guaranteed money if everyone in the league became a free agent tomorrow i think the only guy who absolutely would get a fully guaranteed contract of almost any amount of money is Mahomes. yeah i think Mahomes sure. could legitimately go get a 500 million dollar fully guaranteed contract i other than him maybe burrow i don't know i i don't know that but Mahomes would be the only guy you'd just go yes absolutely he'd get whatever he wanted so, so let's play a little game here. If someone comes in and does give Lamar what he wants, I know one team that that you would be really excited about would be Atlanta, you know, Michael Vick 
what are the best fits for him. I, I've got one in mind that will come on in, in a minute because it kind of collides with another quarterback out there. But what, in your mind, are the best fits for Lamar if, if he did move? It's funny you said Michael Vick 2.0. I think Atlanta. And I wrote about Atlanta a month and a half ago. I think for a lot of reasons. For the Falcons, from their standpoint, they're one of the few teams in the league. They need to think about selling tickets. They don't just automatically sell all their games. You bring him in. Who's the most popular athlete in Atlanta in the last 25 years? It's Michael Vick. Well, Lamar Jackson is a souped-up version of Michael Vick without the off-field concerns. Okay, so right off the bat, that's a huge win. They can raise rates in the stadium for tickets and for for suites and they can and for advertising with them. I think that'd be a huge win. Number two, if you bring in Lamar Jackson, you're the Falcons. You're the favorite in that division. Um, they also have an owner, an Arthur Blank, who's got the financial wherewithal to do it if he wants to. Okay, so there's a lot of check marks for the Falcons. Now, from Jackson's standpoint, NFC is a lot easier to get to the Super Bowl than the AFC. No, he's a top three quarterback immediately in the NFC, if not even higher than that. In the AFC, he's probably fourth or fifth, right? So th- that's a challenge. He also goes to a terrible division. He goes to indoors. He gets to play indoors on turf. He is only six hours away from Louisville where he went to college. And from the Ravens' perspective, he's out of the conference. So I think Atlanta, of all the teams, oh, look, there's a lot of teams that make sense for him. I mean, you could argue half the league makes sense for him. I, I think Atlanta, of all the places, to me, that's the best fit, especially with that coach, Arthur Smith, who's very good schematically, and he has Kyle Pitts and Drake London and Algier in the backfield. I think it'd be an amazing fit. Let's move on to the other QB that is obviously going to dictate a lot of what happens this offseason. Aaron Rodgers, he, he, he's met with the Jets, always currently meeting with them. Um, right. I, I did a piece yesterday. I think the Jets are kind of in the middle of this dangerous game of Rodgers roulette now where that if he retires or does something else, they're kind of left standing at the altar, empty-handed, given yep. what's left available now. Um but I think the thing with the Jets, I mean, if if they get Rodgers, we know they've got a really good defense. They've got some pieces on 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 the offensive side of the ball. But are they really a, a QB away from a Super Bowl? And and Rodgers, with kind of everything that, that has come with it the last couple of years, is he worth that for the Jets in terms of the culture they're trying to build? What's your take on that situation? I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender, but I do think they're a, a playoff team and maybe even one that can win around. With Rodgers. Look, the problem is, again, they're in the AFC. Yeah. They're not better than Kansas City with Rodgers. They're not better than Buffalo, in my opinion. Although Buffalo does have some real questions this offseason. They're not better than Cincinnati. Now, are they better than everybody else? You could argue that. Are they better than the Chargers? You could argue that. The Chargers won nothing. The, the Jags, I think you could make a case either way. Um, but I do, I do think if you're the Jets, look, there's a lot of downside to this. He's expensive. He's going to be 40 years old next season. He is enigmatic off the field. I mean, not not in a, in, a, in a way where you worry about legal troubles, but he just he is always in the news. And as much as he says he hates being in the news, he loves being in the news. And in New York, he's going to really be in the news. Like th- that, this is in Green Bay where there's six reporters in his locker. I'm from New York. There's going to be 50 guys in his locker every day, and they're going to be trying 100%. to get a reaction out of him. Um. That all said, I get it if you're the Jets. You haven't had a quarterback since Joe Namath 
I mean, you're talking literally. He'd be the best quarterback that team's had 50 years. So I get it. It's a team that I think there's a little pressure to win right now. Salah's going into his third year. Joe Douglas is going into, I believe, his fifth. So I understand from the Jets' perspective why they would do it. And I get Rodgers. If you're Rodgers, look, you go to a team with some young talent, good defense, you get a chance to win, and, and you probably walk into a better situation than you're in currently. Um, there's obvious upside. There's also the downside of you could go trade for him and not win a playoff game over the next two years. Now you've given up picks. You've wasted two years of trying to find and develop a quarterback. And what do you have? You're off, you're off with nothing. So, I, look, I get why they would do it. I wouldn't blame them depending on what they give up. But to me, this is not like when Tom Brady went to Tampa. And you go, well, you know, if you're Tampa, you got to do it. Tampa was ready-made to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. And also, Tom Brady is is a different deal than Aaron Rodgers. Plus, they didn't have to go up any pictures of free agents. So, I get it. But there there's upside, but there's also serious downside. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you mentioned it there. It, it, it's obvious that the Jets want to be relevant. You know, there's multiple reports that owner Woody Johnson, you know, the, the front office and the coaching staff wanted Derek Carr, and he he's obsessed with Rodgers. If, if they miss out on Rodgers for whatever reason, if this doesn't get done... Can you see them, you know, due to wanting to be relevant and the lack of options available, can you see them doing something for Jackson? I mean, look, you never want to rule out anything in, in, in the NFL because things can change quickly, you know? And, and I will say this too, especially with an owner like Woody Johnson, not that he's quite as volatile as some of the other owners in the league, but Woody Johnson can wake up tomorrow, read a, pay, read a back page story he doesn't like, where somebody's slamming the Jets because they missed out on Rodgers, and he could call Joe Douglas up and say, offer Lamar Jackson $250 million guaranteed. I mean, that that's real. Like, that stuff happens in the NFL. Now, do I think it's going to happen? No, I don't. Because one thing for every listener to know, when you sign a player in the NFL, the guaranteed money has to go into escrow at the time of signing. You've got to have that money on hand, liquid, to put into an escrow fund. I know these guys are billionaires. Not too many people have a quarter of a billion dollars sitting around in cash. Like, it takes time. Some guys don't want to do that because it's not creating interest for them. So, I I think it's possible. But what I think would happen is if they miss out on Rodgers, I think they go in on Jimmy Garoppolo because Garoppolo has a relationship with Salah. They know each other from the days in San Francisco. I think if you're Garoppolo, it's a great fit because you get to go there and, and have a chance to win some games and you have familiarity. And if you're the Jets, you don't have to pay him a fortune. And he's a bridge to the future, whereas anybody else in free agency for the Jets is underwhelming. Like, you're not, you're not going to bring in you know, Baker Mayfield. You're not doing that. So um, I, I think Garoppolo would probably be the next choice. But at that point, I also think you'd start going, all right, we have the 13th pick in the draft. Can we move into the top half dozen selections and just draft the quarterback? Can we draft Will Levis? Can we draft Richardson? Um, I think that would be the next step for the Jets if they miss out on Rodgers. Let's quickly switch to the other team in New York. Um, the Giants will be signed Daniel Jones to a four-year, $160 million, um deal. I know there's, there's a lot to that and, and tagged uh, Saquon Barkley too. I, I don't, I'm curious to, to see what you think. For me, kind of Daniel Jones had one good year last year. Um, 
I thought it was an overpay. And what did you think? I thought they panicked. And they panicked because they knew if they didn't sign Jones, they couldn't tag Barkley. And so they got kind of held hostage there by Jones's reps. I mean, good job by them. Four years and 160 for Daniel Jones is insane. I get his best year this past season. He threw for 3,200 yards and 15 touchdowns. I mean, that's like a month and a half from Mahomes or one of these top-end quarterbacks. I mean, 15 touchdowns. I'm not. I'm sure I could find a month where Burrow saw 15 touchdowns literally in a month of football. I just, I look at it and I get the Giants fan that says, come on, he didn't have any weapons. Okay, fair enough. Put some weapons around him. What's he going to do, throw for 3,600 yards and 22 touchdowns? Like I, they're... They're paying a guy who's a borderline average quarterback like he's a top 10 quarterback, and he's not. Now, yeah. it should also be said, to be fair to the Giants, that these contracts, there's a lot of funny money, okay? And, and whenever you hear the contracts come out, and this is a good note for everybody, too, on free agency that's coming up here next week. When you hear the money wait like a day to see the actual contract. Because the, the people who are releasing these contracts 99 times out of 100, they're agents, okay? And they're calling everybody up and going, hey, my guy just signed four years and a buck 60. Okay, that sounds great. When you really look at the contract for Daniel Jones, it's like two years. Now, the Giants in the third year, if they cut them, they're eating a, a decent amount of dead money. Like, it's basically a fully guaranteed two-year deal with like a partial guarantee in the third year. But that's... That's a lot. I still think that's a bad deal for Daniel Jones. If I were the Giants and I was Joe Shane, I would have tagged him. I would have let Barkley walk. If we could bring Barkley back in free agency, great. If we can't, well, you know what? He's a running back. We'll figure it out. And then I would have given Jones one more year on the tag and played it out. Now you're locked into a minimum two years at a pretty high cost in the following season. And then in the third year, in 2025, you're either paying him over $40 million on the cap or you're eating a lot of money. It's it's a bad deal, in my opinion, for the Giants. I'm going to roll two into one quickly as we finish here. Um, I love the Derek Carr deal. I, I thought he was perfect for the Jets, but I, I love that deal for the Saints. And what are your kind of free agents, teams you're intrigued by to watch as free agency um, comes on the horizon here? Yeah, you know, I, look, I, I'm I'm good on the Saints. I, I did some trade, actually, some signing grades, free agency grades for the uh, Sports Illustrated uh, powers that be, and, and I gave the Saints a B for that signing. I thought, look, the only reason I didn't give them an A was the, the Saints, their cap situation is just so bizarre. I mean, they, they have so many bad contracts, but they just keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. Um, I mean, one day it's going to catch up to them. They're going to basically look like an expansion team. But in the meantime, they're not the best team in that division. And if you look at the NFC, how many quarterbacks are definitively better than Derek Carr? Jalen Hurts, Stafford when he's healthy, then who? If Aaron Rodgers gets traded, then who? I mean, you could argue guys like Goff, Geno Smith, Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott. But you're not like... You're not definitive, like, oh, there's no way Carr could beat one of those guys in a playoff game. So, for the Saints, I like it. It's a talented roster. Um, I don't think they're a Super Bowl team, but I think they're a team that could be frisky in January. Yeah. Um, and for Carr, he stays out of cold weather. 
and he gets a pretty nice little contract. Um, I actually thought he signed for less than what he could have gotten, but um, the market is what it is. You got thirty-seven and a half million, hundred million. Uh, I believe in guarantees. Fair enough. As far as free agency, you know, we saw it last year the AFC West win, right? The Raiders, the Broncos, the Chargers. Everybody spent a ton of money, and they walked away with nothing. They they did not get a point between the three teams, and the one team that did nothing in Kansas City won the Super Bowl. I would look in the AFC and say, all right, who's got some money to spend? Who could be aggressive here? You know, I I think. You know, Indianapolis is going to have to do something this year. Mm-hmm. They, they got, they're going to bring in a young quarterback. They, they got to support the guy. They, they've got to bring in some talent around them. Now, it's not been Ballard's ethos to spend like crazy in free agency, but if there's every year where they're going to spend a little bit of money, they, they've got to build a team around this young kid. They've got to, they got to give Steichen a chance as a head coach. Um, the roster they have right now is not giving anybody any chance. In the NFC. You know, I, I think again. You know, you've always got to look at the money. I mean, the Bears and the Falcons have more money than anybody in the league for free agency. I would think there's an appetite for those two teams to spend. Atlanta is not afraid to spend money, and Chicago. I'm based out of Chicago. There is a ton of pressure on them to be very aggressive in free agency, and I think they will be. So, um, those would be a few of the teams I look at and expect to see them spend some money. No, that's a that's a good point to to end there. Thanks for jumping on, and um, congrats again on the on the new gig. Looking forward to reading you over at Sports Illustrated. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Take care.